You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. Welcome to the Live Different Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and today we are recording a live and in-person video episode. This is a very big deal for YouTube with our special guest here, Chris Hughes. What's up, guys? Chris, let's just get the question out of the way. Who is Chris Hughes? And I ask this because whoischrishughes.com is your URL. That it is. You know what? Matt Wilson TV is finally on his way to the television. <laughs> yes. Through YouTube. <laughs> it so, is happening. Tell me who is Chris Hughes. I know that you are a surfer. I know that you travel all over the world. My, the last few times that I've seen you... Okay. We saw each other in Peru, mm-hmm. in Machu Picchu, yep. an under 30 experiences trip. We lived in Costa Rica at the same time, but we never saw each other. Yes. Were you in Manuel Antonio at the time? Yes, but I... Or you were in Tamarindo some of the time. When, when I lived in Tamarindo, which was in like 2010. No. 2010? Okay. No, 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 no. That's too early. Maybe, I went yeah. there in like 2012. 2012, but you were in Panama, uh, yeah, in, in Boca del Toro? In Boquete. In, oh, in Boquete. Yeah, so that's where my mentor was. So oh, I was no saying, way. Sand in the mountains there. Huh. It's all cooped up. <laughs> okay, I want to ask you about Boquete, but to finish the intro <laughs> of Who is Chris Hughes, you do CPA stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I looked at your website and I was like, the CPA surfer and i said wait a second i don't remember that chris was ever an accountant (laughs) but cpa cost per acquisition yep uh so we're talking about internet marketing term here but the time that i saw you after that was the following year in bali Mm -hmm. where you were living yep and surfing a lot yes possibly working a good amount a good amount we can maybe dispel some of the things about being a digital nomad and what that means i remember one time you posted most of my friends think i surf 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 work surf 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 but more it's like work 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 yeah surf work 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 some more so okay let's get the question out who's chris hughes uh right now i'm 29 so oh still under 30 still under 30 for until December, and then I'll be 30, so then I'll be still under 30. Still allowed according to participate. To, according to the group. <laughs> right, ages 21 to 35, just in case anybody was was curious. You can still go if you're over 30. And, you know, we say we say that we are an inclusive group rather than an exclusive group. So if so you're 35 and a half... Still counts. We're still, we're still, you're still there. 36? My girlfriend is 36. Uh, she can still go, though. <laughs> she can, of course, still go. So, who is Chris Hughes? Uh, so, in college, back in, like, 2008, I first learned about internet marketing. And I saw that someone was posting, like, flyers and stuff for an affiliate offer. Like, I some forum I read about it. So, what I did was I signed up for ClickBank and I went to Kinko's and printed out like a hundred sheets of just paper with little slits on the bottom with those tear-off sheets. Yeah. And it was for the Truth About Abs, like Mike Geary's program that sold for like 80 bucks and paid out $27. And I printed out like a hundred of these things, went around campus, plastered them everywhere, had a little bit.ly 
like ZYW long link. And I was just like, I'll try this out, see if it works. I got one sale. So it, it worked. So it proved that the internet could work to make money. Uh-huh. And then it took me six years to figure out how to actually do it long term and sustainable and build up something that wasn't just me walking around college campuses and putting pe- pieces of paper on stuff. Wow. But over the last couple of years, I've, I've gotten into CPA stuff and it's basically just affiliate marketing. So I send leads to offers or I get paid when someone purchases something and I'll get like a 50% commission. So it's like being a car dealer, but with thousands of different products. Not um, just cars. Not just cars. Have you ever sold a car on the internet? I haven't. Okay, I you want could, to. right? I, I want to because I've tried with my brother used to work with a car dealership and I wanted to just run paid traffic to the local area and say, go in and meet with Brian. He'll hook you up. We'll give you the best deal. And it didn't end up going through because working with family is always, it's hard to, sure. hard to jeopardize it being worth it. You don't want money involved with family relationships. Right. So I've never done it, but I've done it with like a couple hundred other niches. Okay. Just try everything to see which works and go with the stuff that actually does work. So how, do you, how do you test? How um, do you test these things? Now, now we're really starting to dive in <laughs> because still we want to know who is Chris Hughes. So if you can so, combine those two things. Um, basically, you can look at, if you're scrolling through Facebook and you see product sales or even like blog posts that are educational, like with Bulletproof stuff, they have educational blog posts that sell products. Right. So if, you, if you're just observant from not just a consumer standpoint, but you're looking at it from a marketer too, you'll be going through and you'll see, oh, like, yeah, like putting sticks of butter in your coffee is good. Cool. And then it's like, oh, we sell butter. Oh, we sell coffee. Oh, we sell this. And it's just kind of seeing all of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes versus just reading that you can put butter in coffee. Sure. So it's understanding like the 20,000 or 40,000 foot viewpoint. And what I like to do is find markets that are full of people that have a lot of opportunity because if there's a lot of people doing something, that means it's selling well. So that means you can get like even 1% of a billion dollar industry is a pretty good chunk of change. So, I like to do that and see which niches, not just like, oh, make money online, it's fun, you can sell a video course about how to make videos and make money from it. It's like, no, like find products, like people need TVs, you can get on Amazon, you can become an affiliate for Amazon, and you can sell TVs. So there's sure there's ways to sell pretty much everything through affiliate and CPA stuff. It's just kind of recognizing the opportunities when they're there. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So we can get into more CPA stuff because of course people at home want to understand how can I get to travel the world uh, and make this a sustainable lifestyle. But you said it took you six years to figure out how to do this sustainably. So tell me about those six years. You were in upstate New York? I was in upstate New York. Okay. Graduated from Buffalo State and then... I didn't want to be in New York because it's cold and the snow is terrible and the cold is terrible and I don't like it. <laughs> so I packed up my car and moved to Florida and I got a job as a valet at the Orlando Magic, which was oh, awesome. Way. 
and then I, I got to park for the courtside season ticket holders. So I got to drive like Porsche, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, motivational, Rover, just everything. And it was just like these people all own businesses. I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta make the money that these guys do. So I gotta sure. figure it out. And I bartended, and I would do those jobs, and then I'd go home and I'd, you know, get on YouTube and watch videos of people who said they can make money online. And I just tried like so many things. I built niche blogs. I built YouTube channels. I built like just Facebook pages, MySpace pages. I tried like Tumblr stuff. Just tried pretty much everything, just creating a bunch of content and seeing where sales came from. And then I came across the Facebook pages and uh, I f saw that people were selling stuff on the pages. I was like, oh, that's, that's smart. So I tried, I created a bunch of them and didn't understand how to grow them because you need to pay for likes, you need to pay for exposure to start. Right. And then once you reach a certain spot, the organic stuff kicks in and grows for you. But I got very lucky. I created a Duck Dynasty fan club, the TV show that was in like 2012. And I, I just got very lucky with the timing. I had it set up. Very lucky after six years of yes, trying? Yes, after, after okay. the long time, I got lucky. Sure, which yeah, is, eventually. <laughs> luck happens when you just keep trying. Yeah, exactly. So there's other words for that yeah. than luck. But That's yes. A lot of failure, but... It's, I guess, when you just keep going after something, it's bound to happen. It's going to take a year, two years, five years, ten years, six years, a hundred years. Like, however long it takes, if you keep going after something, you'll eventually attain it. Sure. Um, but in the end of 2012, one of my friends, his father worked with a direct sales company, and he said that I could go stay with them in Panama and I was like, I got two jobs. I can't, I, I got to do my jobs. <laughs> right. And I was just like, well, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I, I fail, like I lose the money and I just go home and get another job. So I was, bought a ticket to Panama and went and just started learning, like started learning from this guy who was direct marketing, direct sales. And he was like, oh, you guys are doing Facebook pages. He's like, you should try this type of, offer for this or here's the demographics to sell to that's good and with the duck dynasty stuff the page i started paying like a couple bucks a day to get likes and then a couple images went viral like the show came on one of the days and i had like like my page and it went from 3000 fans to like 33 or 34000 in less than 24 hours and i i was in panama city at the time at a friend's house and I'm sitting on my phone and I'm like, I just got a thousand new likes. I was like, I just got another thousand. And my friends wow. are just like, shut up, Chris. Like, we're here to get drunk and have fun. And I was like, I can, if there's this many people for something, I can sell them something. I was like, it's just like going to, going to a gathering of people and offering them like, oh, it's hot outside. You want a water bottle? It's a dollar. Okay, here. It's, and... So once that happened, it went to 30,000 and then like 40, 50, 100. And there was uh, one offer, one CPA offer that I ran that was a lead generation thing for someone where they gave away an Instagram, they gave away a $100 gift card for Instagram followers. So they paid, I think like $1.20 per lead, per email lead. Okay. And I was sitting in, this was back in Boquete, 
And I was like, oh, money sucked. Like no money was coming in at all for the last couple months. And I made $800 sitting in a cafe, like drinking coffee. And I put up the offer and a bunch of people signed up for it. And then, you know, I, I made $800 sitting in a cafe just with two of my friends, like trying to figure out how to make more money from these Facebook pages. And at that point I was just like, this is real. Like this is, this is, someone just paid me to give them like a lead, some someone's email address that wanted to win a contest, to win a hundred dollars from Amazon or whatever they were giving away. Sure. And I was just like, I want to do this more. Like if I could do it once, I can do it again, right? Yeah. And that led into more, like more offers, like everything from auto insurance to, I ended up getting a lot of leads for colleges because they were paying five to ten dollars per lead for qualified or potential students. Okay. And colleges they'll make like a hundred thousand dollars from one student, so they can give five dollars for a hundred like one person is five bucks. So you can get just give them like a thousand leads. And there's a lot of money right there. And it's it's crazy <laughs> to hear what higher education is paying yeah. to try to attract students mm -hmm. which is shaping the rest of their lives yeah which i appreciate how you said you were you know when you read a blog post you see what's really going on on the inside well. and that's a perfect example but i digress i could talk <laughs> about that stuff back to who yeah. is chris hughes let's so was, continue uh, the story here after that uh i ended up creating a bunch of i saw that the facebook pages worked so I created a lot of them. Like I, I think right now I have like 93 or 94 pages. And what I do is I create the community, the Facebook page first, and then you can turn that, you get a bunch of people who love one type of thing, you give them a blog, you give them an, you have an email list, and you find products that are relevant to them. So I started doing that for the Duck Dynasty people at first. And I was like, well, what do they like to buy? And I went on, this is really weird, but this is how you can do really good customer demographic research is if you look at individual people on a fan page and be like, oh, what do they like? Like, what are their interests? What do they do on a daily basis? See what they're posting about. See what their problems are. See what they're it's like, oh, it's raining outside. It's like, I'll sell you an umbrella. Like, sure. like there's, there's little and it's just tedious stuff. It's stuff that isn't fun. It's not. It's not like glorious, like going out and surfing all the time. It's, it's looking through people's real life problems. And then, you know, I'll have a blog post. It's like, oh, seven ideas to stay clean when it's raining or something where it's, you saw that a lot of people were talking about something, you create a piece of content around it. And then inside of it, you could link up to Amazon affiliate stuff. You could link up to AliExpress products. You can sync up to like a vacation, like. Oh, it's raining in your town? Guess what? It's not raining down here. Right. Here's see, a ticket. See next season. <laughs> yeah. Seven hottest camouflage umbrellas <laughs> to keep you dry. Yeah, exactly. So there's... I I did that. I created the blog and the Facebook page and the email list and all that. And then I just duplicated that process. Like, I, I saw it worked with one niche. So I was like, oh, it's... I mean, it's likely that it'll work the same in another niche so i started just kind of branching out and then now i have a bunch of them that i just kind of figured out the process at first and then i'm just like oh if it works i'm gonna just 
it's like copy paste copy paste copy paste and see how many times it can it can work and ultimately the goal is to sell i want to eventually own my own island and have like crazy masterminds and stuff like richard branson so i want to sell at a certain point so that i can reinvest in that and then work on larger global projects but that's like way down the line. Tell me that part about the larger global project. That would be things like Pencil for Promise, like that kind sure. of stuff where eventually getting into educating kids on stuff that's real. Like not, the stuff that we learn in school is useful to an extent, but there's also like life skills that people need to learn, like paying taxes. Like no one understands that. You don't learn that in school. Right. So if there were... Classes for things like that. Classes for, like, being an adult. Like, when we're in college, it's like, oh, it's freaking Tuesday, get drunk. Right. Like, like, okay, like, when you're an adult, when you get out of college, you should probably not do that all the time. Adulting 101. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're trying, trying here. Hey, do you know Tim Tim Sykes? I just had him on I've the podcast. I've heard of him. I don't know him, though. So, Tim Sykes is a, a pretty famous, well, the most famous penny stock trader, and... He has a small portion of his fortune invested in penny stocks, uh-huh. and his real generator is his blog, where he okay. live trades and oh, nice. exposes all these pump and dump uh, schemes where it's not a real company and they're just yeah. inflating the price of uh, the stock, and he goes and exposes them and have has all his students make the different trades or be able to investigate these things for themselves so that they can make money okay. uh, in the stock market through these different schemes. But he just donated a million dollars to Pencils of Promise. Oh, nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's just a couple episodes ago. It might actually be the week before this episode. Oh, His cool. probably is, uh, will come out. So anyway, That's yeah, awesome. if you're interested in that, he's a good dude to know and he's been to Bali Countless times, he just built a school in uh, Bali through the Timothy Sykes Foundation. Oh, cool. Because uh, I know that's a place that, that you that love. Would be... um, yeah, I have to connect you guys. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting, interesting character. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because a... that would... Like, education's... that I think that education can solve pretty much all of the global problems. And that's what yeah, I that's... said to him. I was like, wait, can we at least in your schools... Can we try to have a component here where it's uh, where it's educational? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, where it's about financial education. Hopefully, something in a school would be educational. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, financial component. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's really cool to hear. Yeah, because that's like I I think most of the problems could be solved through education. Yeah. Usually, disagreements are because people don't understand the differing side, like the viewpoint that someone else has, because we're all raised one way we don't have other people's experiences to kind of understand why they view something some way that's under 30 is great because you get to meet people who have like similar interests in something and you get to go experience something together so you're creating like a unique experience which is perfect (laughs) well said yes um okay so now you have your mind is open to all these new ideas and solutions to global issues and you literally have the skill set to be able to generate revenue to be able to give back to these global issues but let's get to the fun part where we're talking about 
you were in Boquete, Panama, mm-hmm. and it's a mountain town. It's very. It's mountainous. only a few hours from where I live in Costa Rica. I've never been, but it's like a not a day trip, but a, it would be a fun weekend trip. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're going, yeah, if you're going down there on a border yeah. run or, or yeah. something like that. It's a destination where people would go. So you were in Boquete, you made this $800 and all of a sudden you were able to scale that $800. Uh-huh. And so now you have some freedom to be able to do what you want. You can do anything that you want. You decided to go up to Tamarindo and go surfing. And go walk, surfing. Walk yeah. me through the story. Where um, else have you traveled? Yeah, let's get into well, that. Well, prior to going to Boquete, I went to Tamarindo to visit my friend Brendan, who was living down there. Okay, on the bus? Yeah. Okay. And I surfed. He was just like, dude, just come surf. I was like, I've never surfed. Growing up in New York, we don't have... I can't go surf in upstate New York. Oh, sure. I go, okay. But I went and I... I stood up and was riding a wave and I just had this big ass grin on my face. Yeah. I was like, this is the coolest feeling in the world. I was like, I can turn in the water. Like it just carries me. And then I, after that, I went back to uh, Orlando to bartend again and I didn't like it. I was like, this is not going to be, yeah. this is not who I want to be. So you're sorry. You were staying in in Boquete at a friend's dad's house, who was your mentor, who knew about was it internet marketing, or he was direct he did direct sales, sales like okay. uh, like TV, like QVC style selling and like mail so, mailings, yep. so like home. mass mass TV stuff and like direct direct uh, like envelopes and stuff that kind of sure. thing. Sure. So he understood he understood marketing, yeah. and then you were trying to convert what this guy does into what he does uh what you wanted yeah. to do online. into internet stuff so i didn't have to like i didn't want to be i didn't want to go on like qvc or youtube and be like oh yes this lovely water bottle here is gonna your water tastes better it's cold it's great uh is that from thailand no cambodia oh i uh, just saw the <laughs> funky letters plus, yeah. the cambodian circus if yeah. i had i read it i would have gotten that <laughs> but i I went to Panama after uh, surfing, so I I was it was I think September. I know it was the beginning of 2012 when I went to Costa Rica for like seven days or something, and then surfed, and then went back to Orlando for to go back to work. And then my friend was like, "Do you want to go to Panama?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, "I would I would love to." That's close to Costa Rica, so I could surf. Excellent. And. So you went to not the mountain town of Boquete. You went to Bocas del Toro. No, I San still Blas. went to. We I didn't do that at all yet. Okay. Uh, we went direct to Boquete because okay. I needed. Uh, I wanted to learn enough to where I could. I, I had the goal of the life I have now. I was like, I know that I want to be able to go surf whenever I feel like it. I want to like go do fun stuff if I want to, and I was like, I need to just put aside all of the fun shit for the next couple months and just learn. So what I did was I stayed in Boquete and didn't do anything. Like we we'd go out like Friday night and go get drunk and have fun, but then the rest of the time like all morning, all afternoon, all night sitting on the computer like researching, learning, implementing and just testing a bunch of stuff. And then after a couple months of doing that, I started to have more consistent income coming in okay and then that's when i went back to 
I went back to Costa Rica at that point. Okay. So it was, I put aside all fun stuff for a while. I was right. like, I gotta, I gotta figure this out because my parents think I'm crazy because I'm in a foreign country that they don't know anything about and I don't have a job. <laughs> I, I left two jobs that were pretty good and they were nothing special. It's not like a corporate job, but they are jobs. They made you money. They made the they money. put food on your exactly. table. So it was, it was a very scary time. Like I have blog posts that I wrote on my website where I was just like, I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Sorry for language if it's not allowed. No, no, I was like, allowed. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I think this is going to work. I was like, I know that I can do it. I just got to figure out something's going to happen where it's going to work out magically. Life is going to be perfect. And it ended up happening because I just kept kept at it until I till it worked. So it was I don't know, just brute perseverance and like force to get to where I wanted. It's great. But it was a lot of rough times. <laughs> like, I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. But, Damn. Okay, so uh Domino, you're surfing, having a great time. Then you're like, ah, the Puerto Vida, I need something different. Yeah. Then, oh, where did I go next? I think to the Cayman Islands. And the Cayman Islands is beautiful. Just unreal. Amazing place to dive. Very good for diving. Crazy expensive. Okay. So, um, my mentor was there. He, Him and his wife and sons went there. And he was like, you should come here and witness like true wealth what these people have and going there i was just like i can't afford to be here like this is coming from like costa rica to a crazy place like there were there were times where going out to dinner and i'd pick up the tab because i was learning so it's like paying your teacher and it would be like four hundred dollars it was like there's four of us eating a dinner like what how do you yeah, that's it not is, your typical yeah. Costa Rican casada. Yeah, it was like here's ten dollars. <laughs> Thank you for the meal, but it was a, it was there where I was just like, oh man, like these people, they're playing at another level. Like there's there's levels to everything in life. It's you can be here like bartending. I was here first eight hundred dollar day. I was here, and then it was like built the sustainable income in Costa Rica. Went to the Cayman Islands and had to double that or triple that because cost of living was more expensive sure how long did you stay there just two months okay but i it was it was a very good mindset switch right. it's like you need to you can't do anything if you don't have enough money to do stuff so right i was working a lot which is normal i love working so it's just what i spend a lot of time doing but then i was like every afternoon i'd go diving and then we'd go out to dinner and then i'd be able to go like swim in the ocean or go snorkel or do fun ocean stuff sure sure sounds amazing and that you were around people who were on another level a level that you aspired yeah. to be so that's very important i one of the things that we talk about all the time on the podcast is surrounding yourselves with the right people how mm. do you create how do you find a mentor how do you create a peer group where they have the same values of, of as you and are trying to achieve the same things as you i understand living in costa rica where it's hard the the level of uh player right at that in my little town 
you know, I don't, I don't just meet people all the time who are making millions of dollars on the internet or, yeah. or whatever you want to do. And of course, it depends on people's value system and what they want. Like yeah. individual you, goals. Right. Yeah. If you want to be around good surfers, well, you should probably go to Costa Rica yeah. if that's your goal. Mm-hmm. So a couple different ways to look at it. If you want to be around people who are a lot late, much more laid back and have a uh, value different things in life and want to be close to nature and uh, like when I hang around under 30 experiences trip leaders so like all of our, our Costa Rican guides I pick I learned so much right oh. or this this new camera setup that I have <laughs> that's directly inspired because everyone around me has an amazing DSLR and takes brilliant pictures, photographs yeah. And I'm still on my iPhone, iPhone yeah. with this stupid face. Do <laughs> yeah. you see this thing? That's nice. It blocks all the radiation. It says it does. Perfect. Only on this side. But yeah. That's another story. Uh, you were in the Cayman Islands. Then I went to the Bahamas then, after that. Okay. One night out in the Caymans, uh, one of my friends, we were out drinking at some bar, and he's like, do you want to go dive with sharks? And I was like, Yes. I was like, I surf, and I, I've always been a little scared of sharks because they're down there, and right. we're up here. What are they thinking? And I was terrified. I was like, yes, I want to do this because I'm scared shitless of this. And the next week, we fly to the Bahamas and went and did a cage-free shark dive. And that was, with most things that I'm scared of, I have to do it. Like, it's, I, I recognize that I'm scared of it, and I know that it's usually... A logical like there's no true reason behind me being scared of something unless there's like a gun in my face or a knife in me or something but well that, half an hour 30 minutes half an hour the camera shuts off for whatever reason in a half an hour so we are just going to fire it back up sorry for the <laughs> delay here on it's the audio good. recording glad we heard that yeah really okay so we decided to go to the Bahamas, and I had never... This is a terrible thing. I had never done diving, like scuba certified or any of that, but I wanted to do it, and I didn't have enough time to fly or to get the like three-day certification from the Cayman Islands because you, you can't fly two days after diving, Okay. and it wasn't long enough in between going to the Bahamas... So I went on the Bahamas Dive Sites website to find what certification they were using, and I told them I had the other one. And <laughs> so I was able to do the dive, not being certified. Oh, God. And went through. I, I'm good with pressure stuff, so I knew that if something was to happen, it's just my breathing that... Get my just my breathing, right. it's just my heart. Just, just no breathe. Just breathe through. Do not try this. Don't at do home, this. This is a terrible, terrible do idea. Do not try this at home. But we went and did it, and I dove with sharks like that day. It went awesome. One of the coolest things I've done, and I had my GoPro just on the chest. Like, holy shit, this is awesome. <laughs> like, what kind of sharks? Uh, lemon and reef. It was it was really cool. We were on the bottom. You're just like on your knees. And they do a feeding right in front of you, and they just swim all around, like hit you, and yeah. and we do the like, we, we uh, go to where the nurse sharks feed in Belize oh, on nice. our thirty trip. Yeah, that has to be awesome. Yeah, and I mean these are not 
gigantic sharks. I'm sure the yeah. sharks that you they were swam with were larger. Like probably five, six foot. Okay. So that was, some of ours are that big. That so was pretty scary, but they they weren't gonna try to eat us. I mean, they're just like, oh, like food. I'm gonna go get that. You humans are stupid. Like right, right. <laughs> and to me, it was just like, oh, the sharks don't care about us. They're they like they like food. There's fish there. They're gonna go eat the fish. That's their food. Sure. And at that point, I was just like, this is cool. Like I can surf. I can swim in any ocean. Like it's gonna be fine. And then after that, where did I go after that? I think back to Florida, and then back to Costa Rica again. And then that's when I met my girlfriend Sam, and she loves traveling, and she's better at it than I am when it comes to picking places. Okay. Because for me, I'm like, Costa Rica has good waves. Bali has good waves. Where are the good waves? So I can <laughs> yeah, and, I understand the pattern. And, and she's just like, well, we could go here. We could go here. I'm like, all right. She doesn't surf, does she? No. She doesn't uh, like the ocean. The fish are freaky to her. But she okay. loves being on, like, on the sand and looking at the ocean. Gotta watch out for the so freaky fish. I know. Which is crazy because we usually live at a beach. <laughs> but, but she's just like, we should go here. Then we did the Peru trip, and then, oh, man, after that, it was, I think, Mexico, and then I went to Spain for a mastermind, and then we went to, like, Chicago, and then, where did we even go after that? Like, we went to Southeast Asia two years ago and spent all year, all of last year there, so Thailand... There we go. Singapore, Malaysia. You had just gotten back from Korea when I Korea. saw you in Bali. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we spent six weeks in Korea. Or I did. I needed a new passport. Oh, yeah. What was this, the story with your passport? I, I ran out of spaces. Like Tough it, life. Yeah, it, it finally happened, which was cool. And my one of my best friends, Mike, lives in South Korea. <clears throat> he does the ESL teaching English. And he was just like, dude, come hang out in Korea. I was like, I've never wanted to go to Korea. And I went and it was fun. Like, I've it was never a ton of fun. Yeah. To go to Korea. I, I don't know. Like, in the States, yeah. they're like, North Korea is the devil. They're, it's Korea. All of Korea is the devil. Just because that's what the news wants us to think. Sure. And going to South Korea was everyone's like super friendly. And it was difficult because Korean is so hard to understand. Hmm. Like, uh, I knew, like, hello and thank you. That was it. Right. So I would just, I'd go to, like, a grocery store. I'd be like, hello. And, like, they'd ask something. I'd say, thank you. Like, like, oh, come sell me down. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But luckily they're, like, very, most people are, like, very helpful and accommodating when you don't understand something. I grew up with a lot of Korean friends in New York. I grew up around IBM. Oh, yeah. And there happened to be a big Korean population in my town. And nice. one of my best friends was Korean. And, yeah, I had, like, probably a solid five or six really good Korean friends. Oh, cool. Yeah, most, most everybody was from South Korea, but a friend of mine... His father had escaped North Korea and made it to South Korea. I don't know Mm -hmm. his background, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, they're very friendly, very nice. Like, I had a ton of fun. Very fast internet, which was nice because it was, 
a lot of the times with our travel schedule, we'll go do stuff, and then I won't work for a couple months, or I'll I'll try to. But if like you know with travel stuff, you get caught up in something, and then you just don't sit in front of the computer and put in the time. Sure. So like that's why we came to Austin. We needed good internet, and so I could rebuild some stuff and go into another niche. And in Korea, I was just like, I'm not going to do much. Like, my friend was working. He had a full-time job teaching. Yeah, you guys went trekking. So you went to a baseball game. The baseball game. Korean baseball. If you have a chance to go see a Korean baseball game, go do it. The most fun I've ever had at a like probably a sporting event. They uh, they have chants for every single player. There's the They have food that you can get delivered to your seats. You can get, like, beer... And it's not jacked up prices. It's like normal. It's like, oh, you want a beer? It's $2, $3. If you go to a convenience store, it's $2, $3. If you want a pizza, it's $10. I was going to say, $2, $3. Yeah, $2, $3. It's free. <laughs> but everyone's like singing, chanting. They have like mascots dancing all the time. There's, it's a, it didn't seem as like crazy competitive, but the players are really good and it's very competitive for the actual teams but it's a lighter atmosphere because it's like oh player one comes up and it's like song for him player two and they all had unique chants and things like that cool which is just it's crazy that that many players have things like normally it's there's one good athlete on a team or two so everyone's like oh like so and so comes up yeah, everyone else. Yeah, it's, it's right, right. Fine. Back to it's our just that iPhones. guy. Yeah. Although in Korea, I'm sure people are full on addicted to their cellular yeah, devices yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay, so you surfed in Bali. You went all over Europe, of course. Um, Europe, blah blah blah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I'm I sure. ran with the bulls. That was awesome. Aw- <laughs> sounds awesome. No, of course, I was following along on your Instagram or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to ask you some some things about how you actually stay connected to the internet to do this type of work. If you had any uh, hacks or, or travel tips for people who are trying to do something like this. But I know when I went to Southeast Asia and tried to spend an extended period of time there. And I go, I don't know, I've been maybe the last four years and I'll stay for two, three, four, six weeks. But sometimes if you stay for too short, you can't ever get in the groove. You can't yeah. ever find your spots, uh, your cafes with the the good internet or the place where you get set up and you can depend on that. Mm-hmm. Or you don't know the tricks behind um, the cell phone service and uh, toggling your 4G or yeah. 3G on your phone. So do you want to walk through some some tips in that regard? Yeah, I got the, it's like the Hawaii uh, E556 or something. Uh, it's a little mobile Wi-Fi hotspot thing. So every time I get to a new country, I'll, this before I leave the airport, I'll try to get some kind of SIM card to put in. So I have the basic level of service. And with Airbnbs, we always stay in usually hotels for the first like two or three days so that you have usually reliable internet with a good shower, which is great because after traveling, it sucks not having a good shower. Uh, So we'll spend 
usually the first couple of days just kind of readjusting and looking for a place on Airbnb or like booking has long-term stuff and internet's always a priority. It's like, how's your internet? Like, can you send us a screenshot of a speed test so that I can work from home? That's a good tip right because there. That way, and most people don't know what it is and you just say, go to speedtest.net and take a picture of what that says when you run it. And a lot of the time it'll be like three to five megabyte per second, which is manageable if you're not uploading videos and audios and all that if you're just doing email and like i do a lot just with normal ads on facebook uh, so that's one of the prerequisites for places we stay because sometimes we can't find cafes that quick and getting around in foreign countries can be difficult if you're not familiar with it sure so the mobile hotspot is the backup and that is something that you bought in the United States and mm-hmm. is Verizon or? Uh, it's Hawaii is the brand. Okay. H-U-A-W-E-I or something. But that's, you. so you pay monthly for this hotspot. Uh, I get a SIM card for ah, okay. it. So it's, it's just like a SIM in your cell phone, but it's just data I see. on the hotspot thing. So you arrive in a country and you say, I need a SIM card for this with your fastest data and if if you're listening out there and trying to figure out how to do this yourself, make sure you get the 4G and yeah. not the 3G. I've gotten like the SIM card that was only the 3G and they just sold it to me. Yeah. And Or I'll walk in to get rechargeable minutes on some of those phone cards and they will have, they will only sell me the 3G card. Uh-huh. And I won't notice, right? Or before I started to pay attention, and yeah, you need the forge. Yeah. You want to get anywhere anything. fast, yeah. anything done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's... Any other any other tips for um, people who are traveling and need to working? Get... Yeah. For working, the biggest thing I found is chunking activities. Like I, I love what I do. I love working. So most of my day is spent working on the computer but like for lunch or dinner we can go out to eat someplace and and there's it's a good thing that there's like work mode and then there's like play mode so it's have the schedule for I'm going to work for three hours in the morning and then I'm going to go have lunch coffee and go look around the city to see new things come home and a lot of the time it's like go back to work for a couple hours and then if you want go back out and do other stuff or I mean, you could do two days a week, our tourist activities and being crazy social and fun and all that. And then the rest of the time is just keeping a schedule. Like I treat it similar to having a normal job where it's, it sucks a lot of the time because you want to go like the whole digital nomad thing is like, Ooh, you could do whatever you want whenever you want. Sure. But if you're not working to cover the costs or you don't have a team and systems in place that run without you then you do need to work like otherwise you run out of money and you go home and fail like yeah start over again (laughs) i completely agree um so i want to talk about your team and systems and how you've actually scaled this uh you talked a little bit about what your normal day looks like and i know for me sometimes if you're in a place that's really hot I want to do stuff early in the morning yep. or around sunset, but in the middle of the day, I'd much rather be inside. Just sitting inside in the air conditioning. Yeah, getting yeah. my work done. Mm-hmm. And 
that's nice depending on the time zone of course um, and then in the evening personally I don't like to work because that's my time to wind down yeah. but sometimes you have to do what you have to do and when I used to work a lot more hours every day like now sure still I work 10 hours a day mm-hmm. easily and that's that's a, another 50 60 70 hour week sometimes and and that's fine with me but previously i worked even longer yeah, so it was like wake up until you go to sleep yeah, exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so when you're putting 18 hours a day sometimes which i had to do to be able to sustain myself and sometimes yeah. you get to a place and uh you can't you just can't go out and see it and you something popped up yeah. and you gotta fix it and you just can't see a place do you have any uh digital nomad horror stories um disappointments not so much i i have pretty much zero expectations for most things that way you're never really disappointed like that's great because like going to bali i had this picture of what it was going to be in my mind and then i just erased it i was like i don't know what it's going to be like i've seen i've watched surf videos i love watching the surf videos and like i know there's going to be good waves and I was like, I don't know what anything else is going to be like. I'm going with a clean slate. And I found that that way I'm not disappointed and like it ruins the experience. Sure. Or a lot, sometimes we'll go country, go to a country and we, we've done like basic surface level research on it just so we know like how to be safe, like what areas to avoid and what foods to try and stuff. And then everything else is just, we'll meet people and find out what they recommend and do that stuff and that's probably the easiest way to avoid most major problems um but having digital nomad horror stories there's there's not been i don't think any and that, of those. that's okay if yeah. that, you know i've gotten to uh, i got to indonesia one time and i just couldn't go out because I was just so busy. Uh-huh. We were having a cash flow crunch for something, and we just need, we just needed money, well, and I we didn't expect that to happen at that time for whatever reason, and so I had to put my nose to the grindstone, as they say. And this was, I think, in the under thirty CEO days, but that happens, and well, sometimes you can't go and see a place. But if you don't have if you didn't have expectations, that's a yeah, that's fine. Pretty good pretty good way to live um okay so so that's we can put that aside but i'd like to hear some uh tips maybe for how somebody can begin to scale their business so they have an idea it's starting to work um but you've told me about this duck dynasty page for example this has spawned into a country music page, I believe, mm-hmm. and a pretty big team of people working on that uh, yeah, while you happen to be traveling <laughs> all over the world. Yeah. So so get us up to speed here on um, how the, you've done that. The most important thing to remember is everything that you do can be done by someone else. Like, unless it's like you talking to your parents or you being the person doing something uh, like creating content. Anyone can create content if they're trained how to do it. 
and what you need to do is template out everything and do like just take a piece of paper and write out like today I and it's like I created 18 pictures for social media well what did the pictures look like is there a certain size you use yes what's the size is there a certain color scheme you use yes what's the color scheme is there a certain type of words you use yes what's sure. the type of words and it's terrible like it's super boring to do but doing it once you can hand it off to someone and they can go in and they can picture size yep i i've made that size there okay check mark and then you know color of the picture yep is there a background yep is there a quote yep is there a tag for us yep and then you can do that with most things like even with blog posts you can have uh, it's like oh what's the intro look like how do you introduce the blog post? How do you introduce the video? How do you introduce the content? Yeah. Okay, there's a template. This is how to blank without blank or how to or like blank secrets to blank. And it's it's just like finding the templates for the majority of things you do and then being like, "Oh, like I want you to write about the top 10 microphones for bloggers." Or it's like, oh, I only found seven. It's like, guess what? You can change top seven microphones for vloggers. It's very easy, very... Right, but that needs to be somewhere for someone, not you, to be going crazy doing yeah. top seven posts about bloggers or for vloggers or whatever the title of the mm. article was. Uh, yeah, that's, that's very important. We just, at Under 30 Experiences, started going through what we call our SOPs, our Standard, standard Operating, operating. Procedures, mm. so that we can have a trip but it doesn't matter who you are, that person can run it the right way yeah. over and over and over again. There's a, a book by the name of Work the System. Sam Carpenter. Sam One Carpenter. Of my favorites, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. So I've gotten into that. I'd like to have him on the podcast. He would be great. Yeah, do you, do you know him? I do not know him, but I've read that try and to get The to Systems Mindset. The Systems Mindset. That's, okay. his, uh, that's the one that if you don't own a business, but to start recognizing systems that are operating every day all around us. Yes. Like a car refueling, like a car stopping at a stoplight. Just That's Sam Carpenter? All, or that's... Yeah, that's Sam Carpenter oh, as well. That's okay. uh, Work the system is for business owners, okay. and the system's mindset is for uh, employees who are looking to learn more about like management roles and things like that. I'm so, so excited about yeah, that one. Yeah. I get about 20 copies that I'm about yeah. to order right now. This yeah, is... I, uh, I've sent Work the System and the System's Mindset to a lot of partners of mine. Because I'm like, this is how you need to think. Like, everything you're doing right now can be systematized and templated so that others can do it. Like, if you're sick, you can't work or you don't want to and you probably shouldn't because it's going to suck. So if you have templates in place for everything, you can have someone else come in and as long as they're like a good, good employee, good team member, they can follow directions. And yeah, absolutely. And work the system's great for that because you understand everything around us is always operating with or without our direct input. So that's how we can create our lives. Sure. And with the Facebook stuff, it started off with hiring an assistant to do content. And I was like, when it started, I, I like these types of pictures. If you can find this type of picture to use and share, then good. Here's the copy that I want you to put above the picture. Here's like asking questions, engaging the fans, doing that. And then it just went from that to like creating blog posts to creating 
videos and then just duplicating that. Sure. So it was no, all, that, yeah, that's, all templates for pretty much so everything. So there's templates for everything. <clears throat> How did you find your first virtual assistant? Or maybe not your first. How about, tell me about your best. My best? <laughs> because <laughs> There's been a first, lot. Yeah, they, they don't always work. Um, the biggest thing with virtual assistants is you should get one before you think you need one and just start off at the basic level. Be like, I want you to do something so simple, like say you want to change your diet and you can order food to be delivered. Like instead of ordering Pizza Hut, you order like a healthy meal to be delivered. Have your virtual assistant go to the website and order that for you, and it's like a $3 test to see if someone can follow simple directions. Sure. And then, like, a lot of the times you'll get on a Skype call with someone and be like, tell me about yourself, tell me your skill sets, and face-to-face you can always see if someone's lying, you can be like, oh, you're not telling the truth there, are you, guy? Right. But... With like the resumes, I don't really care about. I'll have them send me them. But one thing I've started doing is in the application process, I'll list like in the email you send me, tell me your favorite color. It eliminates 80% of the people because not many people read the job requirements. And it's very simple. Or like send me a three minute video of you telling me why you should have this job. And I didn't do that to start. I was like, I just need someone to do stuff for me. Right, and like, usually when you're looking, it's too it's too late because you're already stressed out. You're like, no. oh my God, I need an assistant, which is exactly how I hired Hannah, my virtual <laughs> assistant, because I was literally, oh God. Boom. Too much. Or <laughs> Hannah's probably going to be listening to this, but our interview was literally, I was hiking with my mom, which that hiking time is very yeah. important. It's a refreshing time. That mom time is very important. Yeah. But I was slammed for the rest of my trip, and we literally Skyped while I was hiking. I was like, Mom, I'm so sorry, but let me just have this interview. I was like, well, as you can see, my life is a little unconventional at the moment, and I really need someone to stop me from being (laughs) so so insane all the time. And luckily, she's amazing, but I've had uh, virtual assistants in the past that it did not go nearly as well. Yeah, that's that's important. Okay, so you so you found one person to help you, but your team is is how it's, big now? Yeah, I don't even know to be honest. There's like I have partners for that particular business, and they manage all of the team stuff in the office. And I am just a, I drive traffic. Okay, that's what I do now for that. Okay, and which is great because that's what I'm good at. And that's another thing like focusing on your strengths, not your weaknesses, but. Uh, for that, we created templates kind of together. And then I was like, well, this is what I did. And they're like, well, this is what we did. So let's work together to find something that we can both use and get the most out of it. And that team, that's just grown like crazy. And they're, that's that, those partners are awesome. Like they're so good at what they do. They approached me at first and I, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Like, this is stupid. Why would I give up this much of my business? And thinking back, like we're like solo entrepreneurs, we want all of it. We want 100% of everything at all times. And that sucks. Like, because if you're doing that, you have to do 100% of the work. Wouldn't you rather have like, let's say you could have a $100,000 a year business, one person, or 
uh, 10% of a million dollar business where you do like 20 hours a week. Like it's same amount of money versus like the, exactly it's just, all the it makes sense to have others who are better at stuff than you are do things that they're good at. And, and to be clear, could you tell everybody what the actual business is? Because I don't want people I'm thinking that. I'm not sure I can with that. Okay, I, don't, I just don't <laughs> want people thinking that a Duck Dynasty fan page is a business. No. The business, uh, it evolved into something else. It's a full blog, uh, like clothing company. They have everything now. Like okay. it's, a, it's an actual. It's a real company. Real business. Okay, now. and you drive traffic yeah. through Facebook. Through Facebook, yeah. Things. Okay. So it's. That's uh, important to know. It's just like, I guess, owning, I don't know how this would work. Maybe it's like owning a McDonald's would be this, the individual like process, and then they have their franchise is just duplicating it in another niche. So there's country music, there's, I have a survivalist like website and business, right. and then there's, I'm starting a rock and roll business, and then I have UFC, like MMA stuff that I'm turning into uh, like health and men's fitness stuff because CPA offers men's testosterone offers and fitness programs and stuff. Sure. So those are all like it's, I built the template the first time and then it's just copy paste and then replace like 10 microphone things. It's like, Oh, 10 UFC fighters who eat kale (laughs) or like whatever you're, Whatever you're people want to know about. about that stuff, and if no. there's products behind that, that's so it's, a way to make money. Yeah, so that's the the back back end is actual, you know, blog posts to info products or physical products or selling leads to other companies who have like a uh, what are they like little multivitamins or supplements and stuff like that. So that's. They know their lifetime value, so they pay someone like $20 or $50 to give them the first sale, and then they follow up with their team to provide the vitamins for life. Okay. okay. So that's the yeah. basis of the CPA stuff is that with, with supplements, like people will take them for three to six months on average, and then if they can acquire a customer for like $20, they know the value of the customer is $280 over three months it's pretty cheap to acquire a customer when you're making that much on the back end. Sure. So that's, that's where I need to go eventually, but I know I need more, or I, I have to have more strict guidelines for my life, so less fun, which is, uh-huh. I'm not ready for that yet. I feel like when, when we settle down, I'll do that part of the business. Okay. And that's to own... The back end yeah. of, of everything. Because mm-hmm. right now you're... Just front end, Yeah, basically. giving away the leads yeah. and you're getting paid well for that mm-hmm. and being able to have fun. Yeah, I was going to ask what's next. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> next, I, I would like to sell a couple of the assets I've created, but they're not at the point. I want them to have like three to five years of consistent revenue so that I can sell them for whatever the going rate at that point is Mm -hmm. in that way I can reinvest that in I'll duplicate some of it and then I'll probably buy some real estate so I can have cash flow from stuff outside of the internet and then then I'm not really sure because that's it's like 
15 to 20 years away. Okay. Um, that's when the educational stuff will start. Watch out for that island that <laughs> yeah. it doesn't wash away in these, yeah, really. these are tough times. Uh, nice, nice. That's cool, Chris. Um, we're coming up on the hour mark, awesome. so you know what's going to happen. I do not. The video camera is going to shut off because I don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> so I'm just going to do that and we can get next into our, our next thing here. Movie re- recording has been stopped automatically. Oh, sweet. Well, let's see how that plays See if that out. worked out. Um, cool. Well, do you have any grandiose advice for people who are looking to take control of their life and, yes, the, be able to sustain themselves? It doesn't have to just be about making money on yeah. the internet. Um, one activity I like to do and have people do is the perfect day. So most I was people thinking of that when you were talking about you and de- designing your perfect life. Yeah, that's that's something I have a lot of my friends. I love to positively brainwash my friends, and it's usually like most people go through life not really knowing what they want. They okay. they see. They're like, oh, Elon Musk is super successful. He seems cool. It's like he works his face off. Is that the kind of life you want? Like, sure, you might want a million dollars a year. Do you know how much work that's going to require? And then she's like, well, what is it that you actually want out of life? Do you want to spend five hours a day sitting on your ass in front of a computer? Do you want to spend your time? Like, do you want to be able to go outside every day for five hours and do something? There's, there's jobs that allow you to do that, or you could build businesses that allow you to do that. And most people don't think, like, what is it that I want to do? And ideally, mapping out your dream day, your perfect day, like, what time do you wake up? What do you do for breakfast? Like, what does your morning consist of? Uh, do you do, like, yoga stretches? Do you read? Do you listen to music? Do you dance? Like, do you go out and surf? What are the things that you want to do every single day so that way, you know, you feel good no matter if one of the things on your to-do list gets done or none of them do or 10 of them do or you just crush it and everything gets completed. And thinking about what that is, it's usually, it's a lot cheaper to create that lifestyle than people think. Like you can, you can get like a couple hundred dollars a day, a business that does that and live you could work for an hour a day or two hours a day. You could live the four-hour work week. And I did that in the Philippines. I spent two months there, did basically no work. And my income still grew because of the systems I created. But I love working, so I got bored out of my mind. And so I have like a morning routine that it's not perfect right now because we're in Austin, so I can't surf. But for like you have to have a couple different perfect days based on the area you're currently living when you live this kind of life um but creating the day like just sit there with a pen and pencil be like uh wake up at six have coffee like brush my teeth drink water like sit and read for 30 minutes meditate do yoga do whatever it is that you want to do in the morning or if you don't feel like doing anything in the morning don't do anything just lay there in bed for like three hours sure and then it's like what do you want to do in the afternoon what do you want to eat every day how do you want to like how do you want to feel? Do you want to be all amped up on energy? Do you want to be around your friends? Like, do you want to go out to lunch with cool people every day? Write that down. Like, what kind of friends do you want to have? Write that down. Most of the time we're stuck with the area we're living in and we don't realize there's other people who enjoy 
the same stuff we do. Under 30 is great for meeting people who have similar interests with that. Right. And it's just finding what your life looks like and then finding things that match up to that. So if you want to do yoga every morning, go to a yoga class. There's other people who like doing yoga. If you want to go get drunk every night, there's bars. Like, go do that. If you want to go watch baseball games, if you want to play basketball in the afternoon, there's people who do that. If you want to go surf, there's people who surf. Like, find out what that day looks like. Create it, map it all down, and then figure out how much it costs to have, like, the house, the whatever rent costs, whatever food costs, whatever your extracurricular activities cost. And then, you know, get specific on the budget and then just create the income. Like money is, money is pretty easy to make. You can, you go door to door and sell stuff if you need money. Like get on Craigslist, find free stuff, resell it. There's money. Like, right. so it's, it's just kind of figuring out what you actually want and not, not basing it on like what your parents want. My parents wanted me to have corporate job. I didn't want that. I, I still don't want that, but it's, it's harder it's harder to do than we imagine because no one really knows what they want. And it's just doing a bunch of stuff until you find things you enjoy. So I, my brother, this is, this is weird. My brother, I had him go through it and he went through a divorce. And I was like, who do you want to be? Where do you want to live? And what do you want to do? And he was like, I don't know. Because no one ever asks you that. Right. It's a weird question. And... He was like, I want to be by the ocean. And I was like, okay, let's list out all of the places that there's oceans. And I was like, what do you want to do every day? And he said that. And I was, he was like, I, honestly, I don't really know. I was like, what would you like to do? What would you like to get paid to do? And he's like, well, it'd be cool to like go fishing and get paid for that. I was like, but you work on a boat. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's jobs that do that. Sure. And so now he lives in St. John. He lives on an island. And he's doing what he wanted to because he, he wrote it down and actually... He took the chance and left and did it. And it's just being being specific about what you want and then just doing it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Chris Hughes, great <laughs> advice. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, Whoschrishughes.com is the easiest. There's links for Facebook, Twitter, I think YouTube, Instagram. Most of them are at Who's Chris Hughes. Um, it's W-H-O-S-C-H-R-I-S-H-U-G-H-E-S, not who is. I have that redirect, though, so I own both. You are a smart <laughs> internet marketer. Nice. Well, Live Different Podcast listeners, this is Matt Wilson and Chris Hughes signing out, telling you who's Chris Hughes and... Be sure to subscribe. There you go. This is something that I never say, but that's so damn important. Please leave a comment. Please leave a review. Please like it if you're on YouTube because this helps get the work out there so that other people can go and create the life that they that they want because that's what we've been so fortunate to be able to do because uh -huh. we watched YouTube videos and we yeah. read blogs. And so now we're trying to pay it forward. So damn it, pay it forward to other people. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that past episode. If you are looking to put these things into practice, I invite you to come next July to Peru and Machu Picchu with me and my girlfriend, Luz Garcia, a 
our registered yoga teacher for an amazing retreat that we are putting on. Uh, if you would like more information, check out under30experiences.com and find Yoga and Peru. Uh, we would love to connect with you further. We have some amazing community events coming up on under30experiences.com. And no, uh, you don't just have to be under 30 years of age. We are an inclusive community rather than an exclusive co community. And finally, if you are on the same mission as I am, I would love if you shared this episode with a friend, a friend who needs it. If you can support uh, this podcast, that would mean a whole lot to me. Share it, subscribe, leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I would love if you even did it just a little justice and give it a like on our new YouTube channel. Those type of things go a long way in helping other people find great content that is going to help them live happier, healthier lives. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me, feel free to email me. Give me some feedback, matt at under30experiences.com or hit me up on social media, Matt Wilson TV on just about any social platform. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.